Hi and welcome to the Everyone Hates Their Ex podcast. This is our first episode and it's going to be hosted by me, Sabah Shiraz and Anthony Hamilton and we are exes and we thought that it would be a good idea to um, record our dynamic basically. We want to talk about relationships, we want to start each episode off with like a little bit about what's going on in the world and we basically want to kind of talk about how relationships don't have to be so stilted and you don't necessarily have to be toxic about them but you can actually have a great friendship where you can still be horrible to each other but you know at the end of the day that you know you respect each other i know that anthony has made a bit of a list of things that we have to do not a bit of a list actually he's made like a huge fucking list and i told him to uh reduce it but I don't think that's been done. <laughs> I don't have like a proper script. I've just got a few things that I wrote down. All I was going to say is this year has been crazy so far. And people have been saying it's so crazy. People are constantly on Instagram and Facebook and all that shit just being like, oh, 2020, it's the end of the world, 2020. And it has been a bit mad. So like, it's quite funny because some of the stuff, like you look at it and it's like, it feels like it happened a lifetime ago. Like, do you remember when uh, the US like killed some general in Iran? And then it was like, there was the possibility mm. of like World War Three was gonna happen. <gasps> that sounds like ages ago. Yeah, it's crazy. Was that this year? It was in like February. Fuck. <laughs> it, was like, it was not that long ago at all. And then of course, no long after that, Corona. Corona hit. It's ruined all my and plans. no one took it seriously. And then now everyone takes it seriously. Or then everyone did take it seriously and now everyone's not taking it seriously again. Um, But I did have something to say about that. Because Corona is a mad one. Corona is like conspiracy theory hotbed. Like there are so many mad conspiracies about it. Have you heard Mm. the Bill Gates one? The Bill Gates conspiracy? No. You haven't? Oh, this is one of the weirder ones, right? So this is, uh, and I've heard it from a couple of friends (laughs) as well. (laughs) <laughs> which <laughs> Melinda and Bill Gates that's his wife isn't it Melinda I don't know well I'm only Bill interested Gates and in his wife. Pitt's wife if they, he has one now they run this charity um, which is called like the Gates Foundation or some I don't know what it's called the Bill and Melinda Foundation and uh, this charity does loads and loads of research into health and drugs and all this sort of stuff like new pharmaceutical shit and they do it because there's tons of money in that. It makes sense for Bill Gates. He's a billionaire. He wants more money. If you're a billionaire, you're a psychopath already. Of course, you're going to be hunting for more money. But like, he's doing it because it makes tons of money. But people have created this idea that Bill Gates is researching the coronavirus vaccine so that he can implant people, like implant and vaccinate the whole world so that then everyone can be monitored by their digital implants like where they go, what they do, they can be controlled by these implants. And it is just like next level, new world order, crazy conspiracy shit. I mean, that just sounds to me like there is too much sci-fi on Netflix. Yeah. Because people are just ready to say, oh my God, technology, Bill Gates. Yeah. Put two it and means two together. 
they're trying to, you know, make robots and, and fucking, you know, get rid of all the jobs and everybody's going to be a machine. Like, Jesus. People have too much time on their hands to be coming up with this shit. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. It's like, if Bill Gates wanted to find out anything that we're doing at any time, he can. Oh, if the governments that, that we live that under so wanted annoying. to do that, they can. They can just look at our emails, listen to our phone calls. They were doing it for a long time anyway. Like, everyone's got Alexas and stuff now. That stuff records everything. So, like, they're doing it anyway. They don't need some miracle vaccine to, like, chip everyone. They can just watch us. Yeah. And then this thing about 5G, it's the internet. It's just like, like <laughs> it's, it's the internet. It's nothing. It is absolutely nothing. And it has been, like, kicked back by, like, 99.9% .9 of scientists who've came out just being like, there is literally not a single connection. Yeah, no, do you know what I think the conclusion of that 5G stuff is, is that um, technology isn't going to be the death of us, but influencers are. Oh, absolutely. That's my two pence on it. Um, okay, can we move on now, please? <laughs> Fabulous. Okay. So, BLM. I, for one, well, not for one, um, I'm very hopeful, and I think a lot of people are. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling very positive. I think it's bloody fantastic that they're pulling these statues down because it's just saying, hey, we've done things the right way for fucking years. Mm. And what has it got us? Fuck all. Another man was killed for fucking eight minutes. We had to watch him die and it's disgusting. And actually, um, you know, this is all we have left our collective power. Mm. We have to take stuff down. We have to take things into our own hands. That's where our power lies and that's how we can have control over stuff. I mean, it's about fucking time. So I'm really pleased because I feel like there's a real revolutionary streak as well to everything that's going on. And it's 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 made me tear up a few times as well because I'm like, fuck, mm. it is, it really is. Yeah, it's different to the other times. It feels different. Mm -mm. Like even with Mike Brown, when all the riots and shit kicked off that time, that felt mad, but it didn't feel like this. This one feels like, like last time it was like people were opposing it for all sorts of reasons and they could get away with it more. People who are opposing it this time, it's like it's obvious that they're racist or it's obvious that they're fascist or it's obvious that they're Donald Trump. <laughs> it's been a long, a long time coming. Are you going to sing in this podcast? Is that going to happen regularly? Who knows? <laughs> anyway. Did you introduce yourself as a singer? No, let them just see here. <laughs> Figure it out. Just be shocked. Surprise them. Okay. Anyway, I watched that um, Dave Chappelle thing that you sent me mm. yesterday. It was, it was fantastic. That was the thing I wanted to talk about. That was my bullet point. Yeah. It was it. so good. That mm. The fact that he just kept stressing 8 minutes 46. 8 minutes 46. And it's mad that that was the time of his birth as well. Crazy. Mm. But it was mad because it's like, this is one of the funniest guys in history. Like, just world-renowned, hilarious. No one can say that Dave Chappelle isn't funny. But he went out and he did like a half an hour set 
the first real sort of public live stand-up there's been since Corona, at least in North America. And mm. he didn't really do any jokes, but people were like, you could hear a pin drop. But like, he just described it so emotionally. Like, you know, when he, he was talking about that guy who was in the police, that black guy who was in the police, yeah. he reported that he saw something that he didn't think was right. He got fired. He ended up going and killing police officers. And then loads of them, like 400 of them descended on the house where he was. Yeah. And it was like, they went there because he killed one of your own. Like, do you not understand that we're out in the streets because you killed one of ours? Yes. One. Yeah. One. Yeah. No, do you know what? It was really sobering because you see, it's just really sobering to see somebody that comedian represents, you know, not taking things seriously, making things light, finding humor in tragedy. But to see someone like that even come out and just, he couldn't help but talk about this stuff mm. because it's so important and because you just can't be silent, you know? Mm. Um, so I really enjoyed it and I, and I, it felt really real. It felt really real. Like he was drinking out of that little red cup, red plastic cup. He had his cigarettes. He sort of was rambling half the time. He didn't really care whether or not people were paying attention. Um, I think we've covered the events of the day. I need to plug my charger in. So give me one mm. sec, yeah? I mean, you've rushed me um... through the events of the day. We could have talked a lot it more about a rush. this stuff. It wasn't a rush. It was. I didn't even tell you about the friend who messaged me on Instagram because they don't believe Corona is real. Oh God. Well, we're gonna have plenty. They of responded time. to my story, saying, "Don't take the test," and I was like, "Why?" <laughs> and they were like, "Oh, you don't believe it, do you?" Well, um, let's talk about the main topic of this podcast, which is. Um, fucking, why are we making it? Where did the birth of this idea come from? Well, I love podcasts. I listen to podcasts every day while I'm working. There's like <laughs> the Blind Boy podcast. There's um, How You Feel, Neil, with Neil Brennan. Um, he's very funny, has wild, wildly different views to me at times. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's because of stuff like that that I've been like, well, I want to make my own podcast because I've got a lot to say. <laughs> I want to chat about what's happening in the world. And it makes sense that we should do that together because usually when it comes to the end of a relationship, people hate each other. And it's like all that constant, what I see is like quite a toxic atmosphere about you're supposed to hate your ex. I wonder why that is. Like, why is it that we have this thing that, oh, you have to hate your ex just because it didn't work out? I mean, my philosophy on life in general, but especially relationships, and I love writing about this, is um, just because it ended, it didn't, it doesn't mean, just because it ended, it doesn't mean that it didn't mean anything. Does that make sense? yeah so like i yeah, want to yeah. know yeah because you've still got like all those memories and experiences and shit that you created together you know first times you did certain things first time you've seen stuff i mean fair enough fair enough um if 
you know, uh, you had a really horrible relationship with someone mm-hmm. and nasty things happened or it was just bland or you were just a mismatch. But if you were two people that really liked each other and just because it ended, um, you're like, well, mm-hmm. we're not together anymore and that was our relationship. There's more to a relationship than romance. Mm-hmm. And I think there's friendship to it, to a, to a good one. And I suppose we're quite lucky in that way that we had a very good relationship as a base. So that's why it's continued in this way. Yeah, and that's what needs to be normalized as well. Because right now you've got the normalization of hatred. Exactly. Yeah, we've got like a normalization of hatred and a normalization of like miscommunication between people. It's like encouraged that you're supposed to think that the other person was wrong Mm. and that the other person was the reason that it all fell apart or you're encouraged to hate yourself and therefore project that hate onto other people rather than to actually talk about what it is that your relationship was what it is that worked what it was that didn't work i guess it's like it's when emotions are involved isn't it things become really difficult to be objective absolutely and actually um I remember, uh, you know, you, in the beginning, you were really against the idea of being friends. Do you remember that? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want us to be friends. Talk us through that then. I thought it was bullshit. I was like, (laughs) is this like an interviewer, interviewee type situation? (laughs) It's like, tell me about your problems. Yes, please talk us through that. (laughs) And how does it make you feel? Well, that's therapist, isn't it? Yeah, that was my joke. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't get it. But... Let's continue. But, um, yeah, no, because I, I thoroughly believe that idea that if a relationship ends, like, why? Oh, did you hear my voice that? What the fuck happened to your voice? Sorry, I'm still going through QB, you know, 27. Uh, and you and your dad jokes, I really can't survive. That's not even a dad joke. That's a dead joke. That's oh. it's just not like. At least you admit a, it. At least you admit a, it. A, a dad joke is like oh a proper God, setup and a punchline. Dad jokes. Do you want to hear a dad joke? Okay. Uh, so I went to the shop the other day. I was really excited. Uh, wanted to get eight cans of Fanta. So I went to pick them up, paid for it, got home, opened the bag, realised I picked seven up. I think you've told me that one before. Yeah, I probably have. <laughs> That's one of my favourites. I love that one. <laughs> okay, anyway, as you were saying. Uh, yeah, back to the serious shit. Okay. Um, yeah, at the very start, I think because it was really emotionally driven, I didn't want the relationship to end. Uh, or at least I was in denial about where it is that the relationship was, because I wasn't really taking into account the fact that it wasn't a happy relationship anymore. We weren't growing or anything. Nothing was really exciting about it. Ah! Uh, what? Okay, sorry, that's continue. That's how it was at the end, wasn't it? That's how it was Gosh. at the end. In, in the... But what was exciting about the relationship at the end? Me! No, I'm joking. No, the exciting um... <laughs> thing was the was the open relationship. Was the Ugh, prospect that we had the ability to mingle with other people. Well, you've yeah, got to explain that, was... that to people because nobody under- knows what's happened here. Yeah, okay. So it was like, really the breakup was, I guess, over the period of like four or five months. Because it was... towards the end of one year and then right through into like the February of the next year because I remember we talked about ending the relationship or you raised the point of ending the relationship during I think it was like October 
time. No. And then I sort of like... It wasn't that early, you nut job. It was... No, um... I remember having a conversation where you were saying about, um, like, if I wanted to end it because I wasn't happy, then that would be okay. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, a really manipulative way of phrasing. No, I didn't mean to do that. I don't remember doing that. I'm very sorry. No, but I remember having that conversation with you. And then I felt after that, that I convinced you that actually, no, the relationship was worth staying in. Because then we didn't talk about any of that stuff for ages until it was like just after Christmas, I think, when we then started talking about it again. And then it was it felt a lot more serious so then we talked about well what can we do instead of breaking up like rather than breaking up what are the other things and that was really where it was kind of like really that's the end of the relationship and you have to understand that actually we had been together for six years we mm -hmm. got together when i was 17 and you were 19 mm -hmm. and we were together for six years we moved in after one year of being together yeah. with my mum so yeah incredibly intense from the start then we went to the same uni as well we, we were... didn't go to the same uni at first don't paint it like that excuse <laughs> me don't tell me what to do yeah can you relax yourself and let me finish my sentence absolutely ridiculous okay so what i was saying is um yeah we were it was a very intense situation like you said and we ended up going to the same uni and we worked in the same workplace at, mm. at one point. So everything was very like bonded mm. and it was very nurturing and lovely. Um, but at the same time, for me, it was my first ever relationship. And mm. for you, I suppose it was your first ever yeah. serious, proper serious relationship, right? Yeah, first proper real serious one. Because all the ones before that really were like, less than six months and we months. were each other's firsts as well so that also plays into it mm. and that makes your connection with someone more like oh okay this is really special like yeah, you 100%. know people are gonna tell you oh my god you've only slept with one person and you're gonna say with pride yes because mm. this is the love of my life mm -hmm. so there's pressure yeah even at that young age yeah absolutely and I, a lot of the problems that came into the relationship was then that because we had gotten together into such a serious and intense relationship when we were both so young then is there loads of stuff that we're missing out on because like if it is then that we're going to spend the rest of our lives together like what have we missed during that time we didn't have any like wild crazy years we weren't like experimenting with different people and different things and finding out more about ourselves it was like our own identity was based on the other person and based on the Absolutely. relationship as well like if i would go to an event people would always ask where you are where like what are you doing and stuff yeah yeah it was almost um you had to turn it into there was like that inner frustration on a and on a sub on a subconscious level and so you had to turn it into you know you go somewhere and you know people say oh my god you've been together six years and, and you have to turn it into something you show off about and you say, yes, we've been together six years and this is the only person for me and that's an achievement. And actually that's something that is celebrated in our society and I don't get why because love, what I have learned from when we were in love and falling in love mm -hmm. for the first time in that relationship, what I've learned is actually it can be fleeting and that's okay and especially when you're young and it's like, you know, I feel like we still love each other but on a 
different way like in a different way mm. in on a different level yeah. where it's friendship and it's genuine concern for someone and i actually spoke to um one of the fabulous boys that i saw after you um and he told me that, that was his... a really weird way of saying that why <laughs> one of the fabulous boys that you saw after me yeah they were fabulous no I'm... okay well not the ones you're thinking about no, you I'm keep your mouth shut <laughs> Uh, I'm talking about one of them that was nice. I know which one you're talking about. All right, okay, shush. Um, <laughs> yeah, and he told me about his ex, and he said, well, I still love my ex, but not in that way, because mm. it's about the connection you have with someone, knowing someone, and there doesn't have to be this much pressure to fucking die next to that person. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like that famous quote, is it like Shakespeare, who says it's better to have loved and lost than to have never loved at all. Because like, there's a common misconception about that quote, when I just thought about it in my head, that it's like the, the initial thing that I thought was like, oh, that means like love was torn away from you. That like you lost the love because that person died or because something tragic happened, like a tragedy occurred, which takes that love away from you. But actually what it could mean is just that you had that love there in that period of time and then you changed as a person or you both changed as people and you wanted different things and like that's the nature of like relationships and growth you're not going to want the exact same thing or need the exact same thing especially when you're so young getting into a relationship then you will then you'll want like six years later yeah so um it, that's why we're making it you know because there's so much to discuss when you talk about relationships and people are obsessed with relationships yeah. and people want to talk about the downfalls but Absolutely. they're too scared you know and i think we should use this podcast to talk about maybe like specific stories like none oh, none popped to mind right now but i'm sure if we sat down and we're like oh we got to tell about like this crazy time or this mad time or things like that then that could be good 100 percent um we're coming up to 45 minutes. We don't need so to stop I at 45 minutes. I don't know why you're pushing for this so much. I want to stop. We don't need to rush. But you know I'm impatient. I know, and it annoys me so much. This is what makes me so happy that we're not together anymore. Because <laughs> I could call you out on this shit without worrying about like pissing oh, you that off. That <laughs> is one of the things. Oh my gosh. Like. The amount of times, like, now I can say to you, you know, you've put on a few pounds, you know, mm. sort it out. But when we're mm -hmm. together, it's like, oh, um, nobody's <laughs> going to the gym, aren't they? Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's like, like a tiptoeing around it. There's like, oh, your face is looking really round. <laughs> yeah, Um, yeah. But now and now I, I can just, just be like, Mr. Potato fine. Head. Mm. You're I right. Mean, you called me that anyway when we were together. Did I? We pissed each other off a lot when we were together, but now it's like I was talking to a friend today, right? No, yesterday. And she was really, really upset. And uh, one of the things she was talking about was how difficult it is to open up to her partner because, whereas, like, when she talks to me, she can cry over the phone and it just doesn't matter. She can tell me whatever and knows that even if I judge what she's saying, which I don't. But like, even if I was to judge what she's saying, it doesn't really have any ramifications on her life at all. She mm. can just carry on her life and stuff. But when it's with your partner, 
it's like you still need to maintain that level of distance or that level of like formality or that level of something which means that you're not like completely 100% vulnerable or like completely like you might say something that might ruin the relationship or you might say something that you'll regret or they'll take badly when it's with a friend it doesn't matter but when it's with someone that you're in a relationship with it matters like a hundred times more exactly and it's a shame because do you know what i think it was um oh god who the fuck was it it was a philosopher that i was reading about recently um who talks about how friendship is actually more beautiful than a romantic relationship because you mm. don't have all that jealousy pressure mm-hmm. tiptoeing around mm-hmm. kind of all that stuff and and in a friendship you have boundaries and it's very very mm. hard to maintain boundaries in a relationship um and i think it's that's sex, isn't it? part of the problem yeah it, it's sex it's like because what is a really good relationship it's a sexual friendship it's like when you're fucking your friend that's what it is isn't it it's someone that you can be like so super close to and open with but at the same time you're having sex but as soon as you bring sex into it then that's when it starts to confuse everything and like emotions and hormones and shit gets in the way and like everything hormones. becomes a lot more yeah because it's like then you catch feelings in a deeper way than you do like with a friend oh do you catch feelings do ya eh after sex you, you know feelings, what i'm saying ya? you know what i'm saying um no you're right um but you know sometimes it works out because mila kunis and ashton kutcher <laughs> you're obsessed they... with those two. no i'm not obsessed with those two you're obsessed with ashton kutcher and i don't understand the attraction oh my god this is just ridiculous because he's a very well not any well a little bit now but not so much but he when looks he was like young... an onion well yeah he now looks like a goofy onion okay that's mean uh, ashton kutcher if you're listening I think you and Mila are a beautiful couple. Why will they not? Mila Kunis is beautiful. Well, see, I don't think that's debatable. At least I admit that Mila Kunis is beautiful. You should admit that Ashton you Kutcher is beautiful. You never used to admit it. When we were together and I said that I found Mila Kunis attractive, you got so angry. I don't You were remember. like searching pictures on Google to try and find what? bad looking pictures of us to show me and be like, Stop you're attracted it. to this. <laughs> no, 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 no. It that's, was too that's funny. Ridiculous. That's ridiculous. But no. Ashton Kutcher, I don't understand that. I don't He's get the attraction. He's beautiful. Have you seen his jawline? <laughs> you can't miss it. Jawlines. Yeah, jawlines. You just are need like a coke addict. That's all you need, <laughs> just for the jawline. Listen, a good jawline goes a long way. What does that even mean? I tell you that for free. That's it. Imagine if there was like a quote that you would be known by, and that would be it. <laughs> A good job, I guess. I'd be happy. I came up with a quote earlier today that I was very happy about, and I think is like super poignant. And I got really proud of myself, and I even made a design based on it and put it up on Instagram and got virtually no likes. And I was so annoyed because <laughs> today, Story today there's been life. thunderstorms going on the entire day. It was so humid yesterday. Same it's here, bro. It's been going on from about twelve till about um, like nine o'clock constant thunder like nine hours of thunderstorms at one point like so it kept going away and then moving back and at one point the thunder was literally right above here it shook the building like my light shook and flickered when the the thunder hit and uh then like the lightning struck outside and it was like i live right next door to a school 
it was right on top of the skull and I'd never seen lightning that close before it was crazy but when that happened I was like yeah it's clearing the air and I was like sometimes you need a thunderstorm to clear the air and I was like man that's so relevant to what's happening right now with the riots and the demonstrations and shit that's kicking off it's like the humidity is the tension that builds up over years and years and years of oppression and just people being crushed and the thunderstorm is what's happening now to clear the air that's so true um things can't run smooth you know if there's a crisis even if it's bubbling underneath it will rise to the surface mm. eventually you can never predict when a revolution is going to come do you think it's a revolution what's happening I fucking hope so. I really hope so, man. I've been reading so much Black Power literature recently. <laughs> I feel like we just need yeah. Fred Hamptons in the world. We need more Fred Hamptons. Mate, he was so fucking cool. Hmm. Yeah, I am gonna... Yeah, I'll say it now anyway, because I want to talk about it as we're going through the podcast as well, about like what I'm doing on this project. But uh, I came up with the idea that I'm going to make a graphic novel based on the assassination of Fred Hampton, which will follow his life, but also like the teachings of the Black Panthers, FBI, you know, counterintelligence, COINTELPRO, all that sort of stuff. So it'll be like this cool thing of like, you've got the Black Panthers, Black Power, you've got the FBI and the deep state trying to crush it. And then you've got Fred Hampton and all the other normal people in the mix. And it'll be like, yeah, all about that. And then eventually I want to animate it and turn it into like a short film so that is the plan and that's why i've been reading so much black power literature as well like El eldridge cleaver wrote so well i really love his writings like his letters from jail and stuff are really like very descriptive but in a way where it makes you feel like you're reading a novel rather than reading what's happening in real life that sounds really good because i get bored when i'm reading about you know people's accounts of things so mm. when they manage to kind of write it in a way where it's entertaining like that mm. but at the same time it's 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 talking about theory or whatever it is then um yeah i mean there I was an explosion really, really of, usually when these things happen when there's like major eruptions in like whatever like major eruptions like this black lives matter stuff and what happened there with black power and civil rights there's always like the creative element which I become obsessed with because you get like an explosion of black culture through like writing, poetry, um, you know, like from that stuff came like uh, poetry societies that, that had people like Gil Scott Heron and people like that in that was the early foundations for hip hop. It was the people coming together in collections and groups and snapping their fingers and creating basic beats and doing stuff with music and performance that defies like the norm that changes things completely and you see it in like every period of struggle like in the Arab Spring people to there was no news service while it was happening so to spread news around people would do performances in the street to, to describe yes. what was happening they would like graffiti major messages on walls so people knew what was happening like you know 10 miles away people are so creative okay and can we bring it to an end god I can talk for so... You can usually talk for so long. What is going on? I've had a long day. The next time we record a podcast, you've got to be on form. Because I, I came ready with so much to talk. 
I came with so much to talk in my mouth. I had many words. <laughs> That's going to be the intro. <laughs> yeah, okay. So how are we going to finish it then? Okay. So I think we have to finish it by saying, um, you know, thank you for listening. We're going to have a think about what the next topic is going to be but we have a lot of things in mind we hope that this concept is going to resonate with people um, we're really excited to have this dynamic hopefully become some sort of norm mm. or something that um, people can relate to and, and, and kind of be inspired by because for me I, I feel like it's it's really nice to to show the kind of um, the beauty of this relationship where I prefer you now that I'm not with you. <laughs> that, that is the worst <laughs> way to say it. <laughs> but, Go on, you say it in yeah, your way then. Yeah. I mean, it's a relationship which is fundamentally different from what we had before, whereas now it's like, it's easier, it's more like we take the piss out of each other. It's, it's a friendship. It's not a relationship, it's a friendship. And that's, I guess, what we were all along. But that's why it's been so easy for us to transition from like a relationship into a friendship. Oh, well, isn't that just sweet? <laughs> so we're going to end it on that then, yeah? Yeah, I think so. Thanks, everybody. Bye, all bye, right. bye. See you guys later.